You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Is no credentials required covering sports around the mighty 518. Part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. Here is your host, Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 72 of No Credentials Required. We are brought to you by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. Before we get into the episode, I just want to remind you about our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, it's no creds req, facebook.com forward slash no creds req, and on YouTube, just search no credentials required, hit the subscribe button, hit the notifications. I know I've been lax a days, I've been I've been a little bit lax on the videos lately on YouTube. I promise I'm gonna try to get more up as soon as I can. It's been a busy month. <laughs> it's been a busy month of March for me. Also, just want to remind you on the podcast side, subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, like, share, subscribe on any podcast medium, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, wherever you can find this podcast. Subscribe, rate if you can, review. I might even read a review on the air. So this week's episode is going to be with my buddy, Cliff Pine. He is in Montreal, Quebec. He's a Montreal native, and I got to know him a couple of years ago at the uh, arena football uh, debut of the arena f- of the Albany Empire. And I've noticed since then, he's a big Montreal Alouettes fan. He's a Montreal Alouettes season ticket holder. He's also co-host of the Alouettes Flight Deck podcast, which you can find again 
on any podcast platform. Uh, he also runs the alternative.com where he writes various musings about the Montreal Alouettes during the regular season. So without further ado, here's another Friends with Ryan segment with Cliff Pine. But you say he's just a friend. And you say he's just a friend. This is the Friends with Ryan segment, only on No Credentials Required. And welcome to the Friends with Ryan segment with both with friends, both old and new, come to talk about sports. And tonight I've got a very special guest. We're going to talk some football, not only NFL football, but also CFL football, because this gentleman is one half of the Alouette's Flight Deck podcast. Uh, Tim Capper, was a, who was his co-host, was in episode 46 all the way back in November. But this this uh, at, at this uh, episode, we've got Cliff Pine, who is, again, co-host of the Alouette's Flight Deck. He's also the owner of the Alternative website. So we're going to talk some NFL and some CFL tonight. So I'll go ahead and bring him on in. Cliff, how are we doing tonight, man? Doing good. Thanks for having me. All right. How's this, how's the scene in Montreal right now? Has, uh, has spring sprung yet, or has uh, is spring kind of still uh, is, is old man winter clutching on his with his dead cold, cold dead hand, literally figuratively speaking? Kind of like a false start, which is you know way too prevalent in the CFL. Is you know so many false starts. Like I mean, technically it's spring, but he, old man winter, like you said, just does not want to let go. It's still still too damn chilly outside and i'm i'm not having that like especially when the calendar says late march i expect it yeah. to be warmish i mean at least just not minus or i guess oh, sorry i guess uh, let me do a calculation at, at like 30 32 degrees like no, no right now right now as we record it's 30 degrees where i live so so yeah. it's probably a little bit colder where you are probably in the 20s yeah so, fired height yeah unacceptable i'm sorry it's no not for not for late march i'm sorry no. That's... <laughs> no not at all all right so how's the sport right now before we get into the nfl i just want to ask because you're, you're you're montreal born and raised I, I i presume how's the sports scene right now in montreal uh well it's uh, been challenging this year because the canadians have not played very well uh after yeah. going to the Stanley cup yeah. final and there's so much buzz, so much excitement, and it just felt like they just dropped off the face of the earth as far as play goes. And it's it's tough because you go from this high of you know losing the Stanley Cup final, and you're like, okay, well, this just means that they've got a good team, they've got the core in place. It's just a matter of okay, a little bit of fine tuning, and maybe this is this is gonna you know we're gonna get back to it. Mm-hmm. And no, no, just everything oh. just fell apart, and it's it's been tough, I guess. The one consolation now that the Habs have been mathematically eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs is that now we can focus on the lottery and focus and hope and pray because apparently the Shane Wright kid is supposed to be like the next big thing. And if Montreal can get a player of that caliber and start adding the pieces now with this new administration in place, mm. you know, it's it's the same thing over and over again, just like for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's like get excited, you start playing the parade, and then, okay, wait till next year. And then yeah. lather, lather, rinse, repeat. So, <laughs> do you, so do you, in a nutshell, that's pretty much what the sports scene is in Montreal. And 
you know, you, you just got to roll with it. Yeah, because right now it's just it's just Montreal. It's just the Canadians right now. And then pretty soon, I, I think, what, the next month or so training camp starts in the CFL? Uh, in May, actually, uh, mid-May. May. And okay. like, we'll, we'll have the draft, uh, CFL draft. Uh, they just had the combine uh, this past weekend. And yeah. Now you're starting to get an idea of okay, what kind of talent is out there? Canadian, like Canadian talent, what kind of players are out there now? And there's a couple of players that I've got my eye on, and I'm really hoping that Montreal's brass is looking at these guys too and thinking, yeah, yeah, I'd like to see those guys in Alouette's colors. So that'd be that'd be nice. So I'm, I'm hoping that they're on the same page. I, I found in the past that the players that I've looked at in the draft and uh, in the combine that I think are players that could be a good fit in Montreal. More often than not, there are times where I've been sort of surprised as far as which direction they go and who they end up taking. Sometimes I get it right. Sometimes they get it right. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's one thing to sit and evaluate players and see what they can do on the field in these drills and, uh, and that. But it's, until you actually get them in an actual training camp environment, get them into an actual team locker room and seeing what they can do there, that's really where you – you make your bones, so to speak. So I'm, I'm really curious to see what's going to be happening this year for Montreal. I want to see which direction they're going to go in as far as drafting. And as they go into what's going to be a full training camp this year, because last year everything was abridged due to uh, the shortened season and that, but for a full, full CFL schedule, full training camp, it's supposed to be with preseason and all that. I'm really curious to see what Montreal does this year. All right. So we're going to switch. We're going to come back to the CFL in just a few minutes, but let's focus on, Sports in the NFL right now. You're a big San Francisco 49ers fan. You got to see him go pretty far this year in the playoffs. Kind of, I guess a lot of people would say unexpectedly, but coming from the NFC West, which was one of the toughest divisions in all of NFL football, uh, you know, it was kind of, it was, you, you I, I fear you're not shocked to see how they, well they did, but they've took their losses so far in, in, in free agency. Uh, do you think? Do you think, as a 49ers fan, coming from your perspective, are some of the losses that they've taken, like Lake and, Lake and Tomlinson, who came over my New York Jets? Thank you for, thank you for that, <laughs> by the way. What do you see? Do you see some? Are you a little bit worried about next year, or do you think that uh, John Lynch has has some good evaluators out there looking at the draft, looking at and looking at elsewhere to see how they can improve his team next year for twenty twenty two? What's going to be interesting, at least this year for the draft, is because of the fact that San Francisco doesn't have a first-round pick due to the Trey Lance trade for from or the trade that led to the Four Niners taking Trey Lance in the draft last year. Because mm-hmm. now they're folks. Now it's clear they're looking towards the future. They've mm-hmm. got their young stud quarterback, and it looks like they're going to be rolling with him, good, bad, or other. They, I think, the team in not so many ways has moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo as quarterback, uh, despite the fact that he got them to two NFC championships games and a Super Bowl. You got to think about the future. And I think that's what's going on right now in San Francisco is they're looking at the future. They know they've got some talented players like George Kittle, Debo Samuel, uh, Elijah Mitchell. Like th- these are the young core guys that you, you build your franchise around and losing a guy like Lakin Tomlinson is tough because I thought he was outstanding last year. He, he played absolutely amazing and the Jets are getting a stud. There's no question about that even though he's he's a veteran but you know what he's one of those young veterans he's still got he's still got a lot of tread on those tires so yeah i think you guys will be very happy with his uh, performance uh, over the next couple of years and playing for robert sala i mean how do you not get excited playing for that guy like yeah he's a defensive coordinator in san francisco and 
he was he was a beast. Simple, simply put, he was a beast. And I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to he is the right person to help develop the Jets. And as long as they just keep drafting smartly and just get the right pieces in place, I think this is, that's a team that's going to be in the discussion for for years to come. Yeah, the, uh, from what I understood with Lincoln Tomlinson, they were going to move him to right guard. But I guess in a couple of days ago, uh, Joe, oh, was a, I think it was Salah who might have said that they're going to keep him at left guard and move Elijah Vera Tucker over to right guard. So hmm. you know, it, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be training camp OTAs and training camp is going to be very very interesting for the Jets because they got a lot of personnel decisions to make, especially at left tackle. Is it going to be George Fant or is it going to be Makai Becton? who was drafted in 2020, was considered the next big thing, literally and figuratively speaking, because he's a literal mountain of a man at six foot, mm-hmm. what, six foot eight, six foot nine and 370 something pounds. But uh, but from what I understand, uh, Salah, actually Salah had said this before, uh, actually during the uh, the week of the Senior Bowl, he said that Mikai Becton's not guaranteed the left tackle role. He's going to have to fight for it in camp. Which is a good thing because George Fant was a very was, was actually very good at left tackle last year, and Morgan Moses, who came in for who kind of was kind of the swing tackle of the team, he's now with Baltimore, uh, filled in pretty nicely at right tackle too. So, uh, for me, it's just a matter of getting getting the offensive line shored up because they 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 love Zach Wilson. And they, they, they he's, we saw some good things from him last year. We saw some bad things from him last year. It's expected as a rookie quarterback to do both good and bad things. But later in the season, he kind of he started to get it. He started to get it, and we're we're very for us for Jets fans. We're very excited to see what they could do. Almost landed Tyreek Hill. <laughs> they you came were this close. close. <laughs> we came this close to letting Ty, Tyreek Hill. But I said I said in the last episode I talked about it a little before. I, I talked about it a little bit, and I think. I think the I think Hill was using the Jets as a leverage to get to Miami, if I'm perfectly honest. Considering his considering who his agent is, which is uh, Drew Rosenhaus, who was king of Miami, I think they use them. I think they use the Jets as leverage. He's like, yeah, I was never going to go to New York. I was going to go to Miami. It's going to be Miami all the way. It's like, oh come on! Once we want somebody to say, I want to go to New York. <laughs> yeah. And. I, I definitely agree with you on Zach Wilson and Braxton Berrios. I think this guy is, I, I think another year he's going to be like in that conversation as far as yeah. like absolute playmakers for the, for the jets and even for the entire NFL. I think he's got it as far as I'm concerned. Like what I saw from him last year, outstanding. Like I, and it's just going to get better too. Yeah, and and let's go back to your 49ers real quick. What what do you see the biggest needs uh, other than left other than left guard with Tomlinson leaving the team? Uh, what are some of the biggest needs that the Niners need are uh, looking at going into the draft? I think a lot of it is depth more than anything else because I know that this team, as far as like defensively goes, they they've got the players in place, but uh, I think what one thing that the 49ers have to really consider is make sure you got those depth pieces in place because now. Mm-hmm. You've got corners that last year, a lot of the uh, the talented guys uh, that were there, they, they weren't on the team because they were injured. I mean, we can say that on both sides of the field is there was a lot of talented players that did not play due to injury. Right. But it was that next man up mentality. Like uh, Raheem Mostert didn't play last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Upsteps uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. And, he, and Elijah Mitchell. And they had phenomenal seasons and really helped 49ers out uh, in, in carrying the ball. Uh, defensively, Jason Barrett did not play, but uh, uh, Dante Johnson, 
he was one of those uh, players that uh, didn't do outstanding work, but I mean, he was solid. He was consistent game in and game out. And he just, he did things and he was rewarded thusly. And I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. So I think when it comes to the draft this year, I think obviously offensive line is always going to be a concern because a couple of, couple of the pieces that got moved there, but it's also going to allow for a lot of younger guys that were drafted uh, in 2019 and 2020. This is their opportunity to step up and, and make their name heard. So mm-hmm. I think really just what it comes down to is just making sure you got more depth than anything else. I mean, and I'll say that on both sides of the ball. Now going into, we got the draft coming up. we got OTAs coming up, training camps coming up preseason. Let's fast forward to, let's fast forward to January of 2023. Uh, say all the right pieces are, 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 are picked up for the 49ers. They, they get the, they get the pieces they want. Depth is, depth is in place. Now a whole lot of injuries on the on either side of the ball. Where do you expect the 49ers to be in the discussion of division and playoffs in 2022? Fast forwarding to fast forwarding to January 2023. What's your expectation next year for uh, for the 49ers as a 49ers fan? I think honestly they're going to be in the conversation w- without question. I, I look at what's happened to Seattle, and I'd be lying if I said I was disappointed in. Uh, the moves that Seattle has made and they're not going to be the team they have been in years previous. Right. Uh, Arizona, honestly, they've got some good pieces too, but they're looking shaky as well. I mean, I, I think now, yeah. I, I think all of a sudden now, like Kyler Murray is just, he's not the man anymore. And I, I don't believe that. I personally think he's a talented enough player and he's got the right coach with him, and who's going to back his play no matter what. But now all of a sudden, like little bits of doubt are starting to creep into his head a little bit. Right. I'm just wondering if that's going to, translate on the field yeah and, and the thing with murray i don't i mean to interrupt your drill or your train of thought there cliff but mm-hmm. with murray and, and a lot of these other quarterbacks who are very mobile very uh you know very mobile they're very talented but when when teams start to figure them out you want to see how they adjust and i'm kind of curious to see how guys like Kyler murray or patrick mahomes or uh, lamar jackson all adjust because their other teams defenses are figuring out their games and I want to see how Kyler Murray. I, I'm I'm a big Kyler Murray believer. You know, I, I think he's got. I think he's a. Yeah, you know, he's got a big arm. He's very. Fa- he's he's fast. He can make plays happen. But I'm wondering if they can adjust his game and he can he can grow up. Not necessarily grow up, but just kind of mature and see the maturity that he can turn into an elite pro. Be in that conversation of elite quarterbacks. I want to see how he can do that this year. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. No, and again, he's got he's got some weapons with with him in Arizona. So I mean, like he's as I say, he's got the right coach as far as I'm concerned. That's going right. to help help him be, make that evolution, if you will. Like he's going to evolve. Mm-hmm. I think this year that if, if the Cardinals are going to have any sort of success and be in the conversation, he's got to be able to do that. And at the end of the day, it's right. going to come down to his willingness to like whatever little issues are going on in his head right now. He's got to work through that and get past it. And if he mm-hmm. can do that with the team that Arizona's got. 
they'll they'll definitely be in the mix again this year for sure. And of course, the Rams. I uh, again talk. You talk about like division rivals, like like the thorn in the side, if you will. Like to me, like there is no greater joy last year than watching the 49ers beat the Rams, not once but twice during the regular season. <laughs> yeah. And then the NFC Championship game happened, and well, we won't go there. But <laughs> yeah, I, I won't. Let you, I'm, I won't make you relive that. <laughs> oh gosh, like just. Mm. But listen, the, it's it's not the NFC worst anymore. Like this is a very no. powerful division, and you know, aside from Seattle, which unfortunately now I think is they're going to have to commit to the rebuild if they're going to try to recreate that magic. Uh, whether and again, Pete Carroll's that kind of coach that he knows he can get, he can get the most of his players, and they do love playing for him. So, mm-hmm. if anyone's going to be able to turn chicken poop into chicken salad, it would be Pete Carroll. And right. you almost don't want to bet against him, but at the same time, he's got his work cut out for him. But I think when it comes down to the NFC West, I could definitely see those three teams: Arizona, San Francisco, and Los Angeles back in the playoffs again, back competing and we could end up seeing another NFC championship game where those two teams, two of those three teams end up in it again. Okay. Now stepping away from the 49ers for just, uh, for, for this part, uh, NFL, have you been, have you been paying attention to me? This free agent period has been the wackiest free agent period I've probably ever seen in my, in, in my years of following football. Is, do you have the same kind of sentiment in that ter- in those terms for yourself? I mean, think of all the trades and all the players player movement. It's oh do you feel the same way as me? Is just it's, it's crazy. I, I I've seen the sentiment across uh, social media. People are just like, "Go home off season. You're drunk." And <laughs> It's hard to argue that, like, because wow, like, you know, like, every, like, so many quarterbacks are changing position or changing locations now too, and it's it, it's incredible. Like players being moved, like Tyreek Hill going to Miami. Holy cow! Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, Carson Wentz, uh, Matt Ryan, those guys. Russell Wilson. Teams. Russell Wilson. Like that. Was, I think. Well, actually, technically, what was the first domino to fall was Aaron Rodgers deciding to stay put in Green Bay. Yeah, I really thought he was gone. I really thought, okay, maybe I, I he, thought so too. I, I, I thought, thought I thought he was. I thought he was either retiring or he's going to be traded or he's going to sign with somebody else. Like his speech at the NFL Honors, like when he accepted the MVP award, like that almost felt like a goodbye speech to Green Bay to to the coaching staff there and those people. Like I thought, okay, I, I got a feeling if he's not retiring, he's moving on. And I thought, okay, right. Like a lot of people were thinking Denver, and it it would have made a lot of sense because uh, you, you look at Peyton Manning, like he kind of like Aaron Rodgers, like he spent his entire career with one team, won one Super Bowl, And in order to sort of get over the hump, so to speak, he kind of had to change change locations. And he went to Denver, won a Super Bowl there. Who's to say Aaron Rodgers couldn't have done that, but mm-hmm. no, he decided to stay put. Uh, you know, he obviously he's, he's a green Bay lifer. And that was, I think, the first domino to fall because once Aaron decided he's staying put in Green Bay, that's when everything else just kind of started falling into place. Go out and get Russell Wilson for the Broncos. Uh, Devontae Adams goes to Las Vegas. Like, yeah, what? Yeah, Rogers is number one, number one receiver. Is number one guy says I'm. You can't afford me. I got you. Got to trade me. 
gotta go. That's it. Like, and <laughs> just, just from there and just everything else that's kind of, like I said, all, all these moves that are happening, it's just like, wow. Like it's, it's unprecedented. I've never seen anything like this in the years that I've been following the national football league. It is, right. it's crazy. And sometimes crazy is good. Like this is just, it's fun. It's interesting because now you're, you're starting to look at, like even like uh, the the former 49ers have gone off to greener pastures potentially we'll see but uh it's like wow i can't believe they made these moves and you know you start to look at sort of the the reasoning behind it a lot of it and it's like it's it's, it's incredible and man these guys are getting paid too like that's another thing is these guys are making some serious bank but then again when the salary cap is 200 million per year 200 million plus even well it explains an awful lot yeah I'm I'm kind of curious to see what the what the uh, ramifications are after Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams get got traded because what it came down I guess what it came down to came down to for Hill was to see if the Chiefs could afford what to to pay Hill more than Devontae Adams and they couldn't meet that so they started listening to other teams' offers but that's the thing that that's the thing too is like if I were the Raiders or if I were the Dolphins, are you worried about overpaying a wide receiver all that kind of money? Mm. Especially a lot of it. I mean, for I know Tyreek Hill has got $72 million guaranteed coming as when he gets to stay home, uh, so to speak, in Miami. And with Adams, he's he's getting, I think, I think he's getting around the same amount guaranteed. So you, you don't want to screw yourself in terms of draft, in terms of salary cap, by overpaying a wide receiver who, and I think was it Tyreek Hill is what it's going to be what 29, 28 this year. I can't remember. Yeah. And the same with Devontae Adams. You're giving him all that money for four plus years and got wonder what the cap ramifications are for those teams, but if you're willing to give up the cap, give up the capital to get those players, you know, go, so be it. Go right ahead. No, that's it. I mean, and that's, Again, these GMs now are pretty much pushing their chips to the middle of the table and saying, we're all in. We want to make something happen, especially in Las Vegas, too. That They're going to be hosting the Super Bowl, not this year, but next year. Right. You got to believe that they're trying to build something. They're trying to establish something so that maybe they could end up hosting the Super Bowl in their in their home stadium, just like what Arizona is going to, just like Los Angeles mm-hmm. did last year. Like they, they did the same thing. They went out, they got Matthew Stafford, they got Vaughn Miller, they got Odell Beckham Jr. Like they basically went all in. Mm-hmm. And it paid off. So yeah, I'm actually surprised. And, I'm actually surprised yeah. Arizona hasn't made more holy crap moves like that. But again, maybe I'm we'll see what happens when uh, training camp gets started. Maybe some moves will be made then as well. Yeah, who's to say? Uh, I'm I'm curious to see who's going to replace Chandler Jones with because he went to Vegas, mm-hmm. and you, I wonder. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to see that pass rush duo with with. Uh, Jones on one side of the ball and Max Crosby on the other side of the ball on, at edge. It's going to be it's going to be fun to see the Raiders play defense next year. Actually, the entire AFC West is going to be just a dogfight. Like, is yeah, wow. I mean, like, like nothing's guaranteed. I mean, you 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 figure okay, the team with Patrick Mahomes is going to be the best team again. Maybe not. I mean, maybe not. For all we know, like especially with all the moves they've made, and they've, they've been competitive as well as far as free agency goes. But I mean, like you look at all four of those teams, and like any one of them could end up. We could see the, the same scenario where maybe three of those four teams end up in the playoffs somehow, and end up maybe even in the I, AFC Championship game. 
I think all four could make it to the to the playoffs if the if the right things happen uh, for schedule wise. I think all four team all four of those teams could go to the playoffs. Well, it's going to make for a lot of fun, I, and I think too. Once when, when we see the schedule come out, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those primetime games are AFC West divisional matchups. Yeah, I think it's only a couple more weeks until the schedules come out, if I'm not mistaken. I know the draft is next is late next month. I think either before or after they release the schedule, if I'm not mistaken. So I think it's just it, after it'll be. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. So it, okay, it's after. Okay, yeah. It's just it's fun to see that the uh, National Football League can stay kind of it, it, they can stay within the headlines than the off season. Like the off season headlines are just as big as the on season headlines. It's so much fun. I mean, that's the one thing the NFL Network has promoted is that there is no off season. Like, I mean, right. it's 24-7, 365, the NFL. And it's true because they're making news. They, no matter what they do, somebody's always talking about the National Football League, even if there's no games going on. And it's, right. it's incredible. Like, I mean, this is a great time to be a football fan because there's just so much going on. There's so many moving pieces. And even if you don't have a team, like, you're just trying to keep up with all the moves. And it's like, wow, there's just – like. Like you barely have a chance to catch your breath, even. Yeah, right. So much chaos. It's 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 chaos. It's, it's, ex, it's, ex, it's exhausting, but it's also fun at the same time. Yeah, you you gotta embrace the chaos. That's really what it comes down to. Is yeah. you're like, what's next? Like, what could they possibly do next? And just when you think there's no way in hell this team's ever gonna trade that guy, and like, lo and behold, they trade him for a whole bunch of draft picks, or another superstar comes that way. Like, wow! Like this is yeah. Bonkers, and, and free, there's still plenty of big names in free agency still out there looking for a contract. It's 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 crazy. That's it. I mean, it, it's yeah. <laughs> it, it, that but that's part of the fun. It's just yeah. It's, it, it's not over yet. Like it's still ongoing. Like tomorrow morning, we can wake up and realize, oh gosh, who moved what? And then <laughs> it just starts all over again. And then yeah. Like I said, the, the when the season tr- really truly kicks off, the last weekend of August, it's going to be completely different than what we saw at the end of Fe- or the start of February, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. All right, so we're going to transition over to the as I promised to the CFL to to a league that you you are uh, very very passionate about, obviously with your with the uh, Alice Flight Deck podcast and writing your writing your stuff on the alternative. Uh, what are some of the things in terms of the uh, so talk about the Alouettes first, and we'll talk about the league as a whole. Uh, in terms of the Alouettes, what's the biggest headline? Or what's the biggest narrative coming into training camp starting in, in a, about what six weeks or six or eight weeks or so, uh, six to eight weeks? What's the biggest narrative for for the Alouettes coming into training camp? I think what it was is like last year, the Alouettes were very even in a lot of things, like their record. Mm-hmm. Has seven and seven record going into the playoffs. They won as many games as they lost. I mean, it was just when it came down to consistency, they were consistently inconsistent. Like there was, yeah, there were games where they had absolute brilliant, brilliant play. There was just you know phenomenal play both offensively and defensively, and then there were games where they were just flat out terrible. And yeah. there were times where it just seemed like they start on such a high. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. And then just coast. And just expect to, you know, kind of run off fumes. And it just didn't work. It, and it seemed like things would get progressively worse and then things would get okay again. And then, I mean, when it's all said and done, it ended up being even, but even doesn't win football games, even doesn't win the great cup. I'm like, you got to be consistent and consistently good in order to compete and win in the Canadian football league. That, And that's what I think Montreal has to do this off season. I think the narrative for them has been to keep the band together because they've made a lot of moves as far as keeping their core element together and making sure that guys that, we're part of that magical run in 2019 and even a, a good part of 2021, making sure those guys are still a part of the team. And for the most part, they've done a very good job in being able to retain a lot of these players. They've also had a lot of players leave for other teams. And as far as the additions go, like they've been very careful with who they've been adding on. I think the idea is to attract a lot of players that you wouldn't necessarily think twice about. Like there's no, big name acquisitions that the Alouettes have made in 2022. And that's fine. I I think a lot of it is just kind of like working, like working in silence, kind of just doing things kind of under the radar while everybody else is signing these big, like Ottawa, for example, has, they've gone crazy when it comes to signing free agents. Yeah. They've completely retooled their team. And after going, was it uh, three and 12 last year or no, sorry, uh, three and 13. Or three and eleven, so whatever. Yeah, three. Yeah, three and eleven. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a weird. Twenty twenty one was weird. <laughs> I'm so used to saying three and fifteen because yeah, it's normally eighteen game schedule. So yeah, right. 14, like three minus four. Well, math is hard. Math, math. <laughs> yes, yes. All, math. All, the, all this to say is Ottawa had to make some big moves, and they've done that. They've completely retooled things, and they're definitely a team that's going to have to. They're going to be a part of the conversation this year. They they have to. Quite frankly, yeah. they're they're a team that has to succeed and succeed yesterday kind of thing. Whereas I think Montreal, they know that what they've got in place, they've got their, their core guys. They make a couple of s- small acquisitions that on the surface, you're like, you know, is, okay. You're, you're just not sure who this is, but I think there's some diamonds in the rough that I think are going to really wow people. And there are certain players too, that I'm expecting to really take that next step up to become CFL superstars. Like they're, mm-hmm. Very good players, but it's time that these guys become household names. And in order to do so, they're going to need an opportunity to play. And they may not have gotten that last year, but I think this year they're going to be given the opportunity. They're going to be given every possible chance to say, okay, we know what you can do. It's time for you to go out and show what you can do to everybody. And I think they're going to get that opportunity. And I think it's going to take a lot of people by surprise because I think a lot of people are kind of sleeping a little bit on Montreal thinking, okay, 
they're not really doing anything. They you know, they've got some good players, but they're not really making those big splashy acquisitions. That's fine. You know, like you said, right. work under the radar. You just sort of go in there, kind of work in silence, and just you know, let let your play speak for itself. And I think that's what Montreal is banking on. I think the players that they're going to be looking at in the draft, same idea is just acquiring players that want to play for Montreal and fit within the system. And it's a very complex, a very intricate system here put together by Kahari Jones and his staff. I think if given the opportunity, this team has the potential to be something special. It's just a matter of being able to go out and execute. I think they know they've got the talent to be able to do so. It's just a matter of going out and doing it at this point. Okay. Now, Looking at it from from my side of the, of, of the border here, New York, in, uh, upstate New York, the United States. Here, I'm a big. I was obviously, as you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, have been since uh, day one ish. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but this year, just looking on, on every every piece of every position that there is, they're very. Their wide receivers are excellent. Stand back the. Runner-up in the most outstanding player conversation. I thought he should he could have he could have been a dark horse to win it, and I was just close to get my prediction right. <laughs> um, he absolutely should have won it. Yeah, O line solid, D line linebacker secondary solid. My one thing is, and, and I'm going to ask you the same thing: do, do you think it all comes down to quarterback, whether it be Vernon Imes Jr. or Trevor Harris? Does does the success for the Alouettes depend on? how quarterback play is throughout the entire season in 2021, 2022. Without question. I mean, I think you can say that about any team in the Canadian football league is you got to have a, a solid O-line and you got to have a, a top tier quarterback. Mm-hmm. Thankfully the Alouettes do have a solid O-line and a top tier quarterback in Vernon Adams. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are really enamored with Trevor Harris. And based on what we saw last year, I'm struggling to figure out why, I, yeah, I, I remember listening to the pod to the uh, flight deck podcast. You weren't exactly the uh, biggest fan of, well, the pick, of the acquisition and then his play, but I, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, to be uh, fair, to be fair, I I think part of the reason why he played so poorly was because he didn't. I don't think he had a full grasp of the of the playbook. And you, as you mentioned, it's very intricate. Very, it, it's very, it, it's very. I don't say tough to pick up, but it's very. But it's 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 a complicated system, so maybe only have being there for what six weeks or so before he, or actually more two to three weeks before he got pushed in because of Adam's injury, um, may have led to why the Alouettes didn't have the success that they had and they were supposed to have. We thought we were supposed to have in the playoffs, but I'll let I'll let you have the floor. <laughs> well, and my thing was when the Alouettes acquired Harris. Everybody in the CFL, all the talking heads, were all excited as though the Alouettes just made the deal of the century. Like they're bringing in, you know, the Messiah. Like they're they're bringing in the next, you know, the, the like, like the next elite quarterback. I'm like, mm-hmm. um, I don't see that. I mean, I, I've watched Trevor Harris play in the Canadian Football League for a number of years now, and he's had success. He's won two Grey Cups. He's been, or I should let me, let me rephrase that. He's been a member of two Grey Cup championship organizations. Mm-hmm. That's to say, he's stood on the sideline holding a clipboard, right. and somehow was able to convince other teams that he can be a starting quarterback and should be paid like a starting quarterback. 
and more power to him if he's able to convince people to do that. But when it comes time to actually get out there and play, that's the one thing that Trevor Harris hasn't quite been able to do with great success. Certainly not to the extent that people seem to think. Like There's this groundswell of support for him and this, these truthers, I, I like to call them, that seem to think that he is this outstanding quarterback. I'm like, are we not watching the same football game? Are we not watching? Like, again, I'm not trying to rag on Trevor Harris. Don't get me wrong. Right. I do think he's a solid quarterback, but he's not the next Ricky Ray. He's not the next Anthony Calvillo. Right. He sure as hell not the next Bo Levi Mitchell. Like, like he is a mid-tier quarterback, which is fine. He's not uh, in an ideal situation. He's not going to lose you games, but at the same time, like he's not necessarily someone that you can 100% put all your eggs in his basket. At least I've never, I have yet to see that from him on a consistent basis in the Canadian Football League. It just hasn't materialized. He's had okay stats. He's had, I'll even go so far as to say solid stats. And I think he, the current role that he's going to be in now as backup is ideal for him. I think it would be ideal in another situation because I just don't believe that this particular offense is suited for his skill set. And that was, that was my concern when the Alouettes required him last year. And it's still my concern as of today is, how is Trevor Harris going to operate in a Kahari Jones, Kahari Jones offense, which is primarily run and gun. It's primarily catered to a mobile quarterback, which Vernon Adams is, mm. who, and Dominique Davis, for the most part, can be that quarterback as well. I think he's a little bit better suited for this offense than what Trevor Harris is. So when the Alouettes announced that they had signed Trevor Harris in free agency, I was surprised, uh, mm. kind of amused, because I know a lot of people were thinking, oh my God, Cliff's going to, lose his mind he's going to be upset about this like <laughs> not really i mean it, it i would have been more upset had the alouettes had kept trevor harris and paid him that three hundred thousand dollars signing bonus that was due to him on february 1st right that would have ticked me off yeah you've now signed him now for a quarter of the of, of the salary that you were paying him last year but you're still expecting him to be a top tier quarterback like i don't know in which scenario you can pay someone a quarter of what they, they feel they're worth and expect them to perform at 100%, like be a, motivated to play 100% for essentially what was one-fourth of their their former salary. But listen, this is the Canadian Football League. Stranger things have happened. Can Trevor Harris be a starting quarterback in this league? I really, truly don't think so. I think he's had numerous chances to prove it, and he just simply hasn't. As far as I'm concerned, this is Vernon Adams' football team. And it will, as long as he's healthy, it will stay Vernon Adams' football team. If Trevor Harris can come in and help out, if he can be that sort of quarterback that can, you know, help pump your team, help pump the team up, help be that, you know, motivating factor to make you play better as a starter, I'm all for that. But as far as I'm concerned, like this is Trevor or this is Vernon Adams' football team, and I, I. I sincerely want to believe that Trevor Harris realizes that and embraces this backup role. Whether or not that's going to work, only time's going to tell. We won't know until guys strap on the pads at training camp and, and get to work. Yeah. All right. So looking at the East and just looking at the East division, do you think it's wide? you think it's wide open, or is one team going to stand out from the other this year? Others this year? I think it's going to be extremely competitive. I, I definitely think all four teams have made moves in order to get better. As I said, Ottawa completely retooled, so they're going to be expected to be one of the better teams. Mm-hmm. I still think it's going to take time for all these all-stars 
to come together and gel as a unit. So like, I'm not ready to crown them the East division champions just yet. Right. Uh, Hamilton's definitely taken a few shots. So they definitely lost a, a lot of talent, but uh, they've also added some talent as well. So, I mean, I think they always find a way to win. That's really what it comes down to when it comes to Hamilton. They're always going to be in the conversation, just like Calgary has been consistent year after year after year of producing good quality football players and also being part of the conversation. I think Hamilton will be in that boat as well. Toronto, I mean, they're so well coached right now. They've also added a lot of talent to, in the, the offseason. I don't know how they can afford any of it. They, this has been the <laughs> so year after year. Is, how can they afford all these guys? But Because they, the salary work. cap is a myth. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Or, or they're just <laughs> at the, the point CFL like, and the NFL. <laughs> or they're just at the point, oh, you're going to finance this? Fine. Here you go. Kind of thing. But yeah. I, 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 For the first time in a long time, though, I look at all four teams in the East and I think – it's very possible that all four of these teams could make the playoffs and have an Eastern team cross over to the West. Yeah. That is very much a possibility this year. Like I look at all four of those teams. I'm like, I don't know who would cross over. Obviously it would be the fourth team, but because I don't know, I don't know how things are going to shape up this year, but this is a very real possibility is that we could see an Eastern team cross over to the West this year. And that would be practically unheard of but i think there's just yeah. so much talent and so much possibility for all four of these teams to really make noise this year that we could see this scenario and i think it would blow a lot of people's minds to because we're so used to western teams crossing over to the east to actually have the tables turn and have someone from the east go out west and compete in the playoffs for the great cup it's just it, it sounds crazy but it, this is very much a thing. This could very much happen this year. Hmm. All right. Now looking out West and I got a couple more, a couple more minutes with you, but looking out West, who's the one team that you, you kind of have your eye on in terms of they could be a contender. Now Winnipeg, Calgary, they're always in the mix, but of Saskatchewan, Edmonton and BC, which one of those teams do you think could surprise a lot of people this year? Well, the easy thing would be to say Edmonton because kind of like Ottawa, they've they've had no choice, but they've had to completely retool a lot of a lot of their uh, their roster as well. And bringing Chris Jones into the mix is always like Chris you Jones. Want to, you, you want to embrace <laughs> chaos? Like that's the way to do it. Like yeah. someone who truly truly embraces chaos. And it's either going to be a spectacular fail or a spectacular show. And you mm. just don't know what's going to be. But no matter what, you're going to be tuning in. You're going to want to see what Edmonton is doing this year. And I really like a lot of the things they're doing off the field as well. I, I think they're going to really surprise a lot of people with what they do this year. I, I think Edmonton is going to be one of those teams that they, they're not going to win the division, but they'll be in the conversation. I think they'll definitely be like, – they're a team that could be in that third or fourth position and really make a lot of noise, like really give a lot of teams pause for consideration. Mm-hmm. Uh, BC has also made some solid moves as well. And I think they'll also be competitive, but I think same thing. Like they also are kind of going through a bit of a, a turning point in their, their franchise history. Like they've got new owners, they've got new, uh, new administration in as well. And they're going to want to impress as well. They're going to want to make their voice heard. So I think a lot of things can happen there, but at the end of the day, Winnipeg is still, the team to beat, and they always will be the team to beat. I think this year for sure, uh, they've got three Pete on their mind and 
you can definitely you can't count them out. Like they've also done a great job, like Montreal, of keeping their core people in place, and they they really haven't had too many losses as far as free agency goes. So I think Winnipeg is always going to be in the conversation. Calgary is always going to be in the conversation, but I think Edmonton is one of those teams that's just going to going to shock a lot of people in a good way or in a bad way. We'll see. Saskatchewan, they're always there. They're always there too. But I think if any team's really going to take a hit this year, I have to say, I think Ryder Nation, I think is in a bit of a, they got a bit of a tough road to hoe as far as I'm concerned. Like they've got a solid quarterback in Cody Vichardo. They've got some solid receivers. I mean, they always manage to come out and play, but if if a team's going to drop off, so to speak, I could honestly see Saskatchewan being one of those teams that's just going to be kind of middle of the pack at the most. Okay. And I think right. this year, and I think this year middle of the pack is not going to be good enough. Like sometimes some years yeah. you can coast, especially out west, you can sort of coast a little bit because you know the east has always been kind of shaky and inconsistent. But I think that this is not the year to be shaky and inconsistent. And I think Saskatchewan's going to. I think when it's all said and done, I think they're going to be in the conversation. Like they're going to be in the middle of the pack, but that's that's about as far as they're going to go. And I would not be surprised if of the five teams that are in the west. I wouldn't be surprised if Saskatchewan ends up being one of those teams that's just on the outside looking in. Okay. All right. So one last quick thing before we, uh, before I let you go, uh, CFL has been kind of going through some, I don't know, interesting transitions or tra- or thoughts in terms of, in, in terms of the product in the field. I personally think it, it, you, that, I think because of the fact that you didn't have a season in 2020, you didn't have a the regular season of the 18 games in 2021. Uh, scoring's gone down, but that's neither here nor there. Some there's been discussions of look, looking at ways to make the, the the game more exciting because the NFL, as we've talked about in, in the first segment, it's always in conversation. It's always in the conversation somehow. And the CFL, I know, I don't know if it's in, if it's true in Canada. Um, it, it just kind of seems to go on the wayside. And then summer picks up, and then season goes, and uh, and all the way to the Great Cup in November. But in your opinion, say, say for instance, I'm I'm, I'm Commissioner Ambrosi, and I say to I say to you, Cliff, what are some things that the league can do to Get more notice in the in the off season. How can we make more press in the off season other than free agency? Uh, what are some things that you would want to see both on the field and off the field that can improve and get more people to, more eyes on our product in the off season or the or during the season? What are some things you would want to see for both the both for to keep to peak interest in the league as a whole? The big thing, though, is to really promote this league. And I'm talking like like the NFL. They do a fantastic job of making news year-round. And the production value of their ads, of their TV shows, of their network, of everything is top of the line. I think that they've gotten very complacent with having TSN as their broadcast partner because it's almost like, well, where are you going to go? Like you're, you're, you're stuck with us. Like I, right. I get that sentiment and TSN acts accordingly. Like TSN has so many tools in place that they could be helping to make this league so much better and put them on par production wise and presentation wise with the national football league. Mm-hmm. They just don't for any number of reasons. And they just, it always looks second tier. 
Right. And I, I know that's a, like a lot of CFL fans hate that. They, they hate the fact that this is a very exciting league. This is a league that is competitive and can make a lot of noise if given the right opportunity. And there's just a lot of times where it just doesn't feel like even the league themselves cares to make themselves better. Right. And yeah, aside from like free agency, you don't really hear a lot of CFL news other than, you know, maybe getting into bed with the XFL or maybe we should be adding a fourth down, uh, you know, like stuff like this. And all it does <laughs> is just rile people up and not in a good way. Like right. yeah, you, you want to get conversation going. You want to stimulate, you know, get people talking about the CFL, but that's not the way to do it. Like, I understand car controversy creates cash, but what point does that talking about like adding fourth downs or getting involved with another league or this, that, and the other. Or moving the hash marks closer. <laughs> you know, like, things like that. Like I honestly don't think there's anything wrong with the, the, the Canadian game itself. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. I think it's interesting. And if you were to add a fourth down, as other people have said, then automatically the CFL would become like, the the fourth best or third best Amer- uh, like four down league mm-hmm. like you'd be NFL light and like or, or like like the Diet Coke of the NFL it would just be just it, not enough not enough and to me there's no need to change anything with the, the Canadian Football League other than how it promotes itself and how it promotes its players because a lot of these players are not household names unless you're out in Saskatchewan Mm-hmm. Where the only thing to do out in Saskatchewan is watch the Rough Riders play. But you're competing against hockey, you're competing against baseball, you're competing against the Toronto Raptors as far as attention goes in Toronto, like in Toronto, which is where the CFL is based and where they want to grow and what they want to make the 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 league runs through Toronto. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the, as a result of these other leagues and other sports, the CFL just kind of gets that, you know, redheaded stepchild treatment. Like they just right. it's like an afterthought. And that's got to change. If if this is, if the CFL is going to be on par, or at least trying to at least be competitive as far as trying to get more eyes on the product, you've got to start thinking like the NFL as far as how you promote your players, how you promote your your teams, how you promote the league as a whole. Mm-hmm. I just think that this is something that the CFL really needs to concentrate on as to make themselves a bigger player. How do they do that? Like I said, your best bet is look what the NFL is doing as far as their promotion goes. And copy that. Like, if you're going to copy someone's homework, that's the homework to copy. Like, that is that is the blueprint, if you will, as far as trying and get people excited about the Canadian Football League. Get them excited about three down football. Get them excited about the idea that okay, this it's a small league. There's nine teams. Blah blah blah. You know, you know, it's still exciting, fun football. Yeah. And you know what? I I, I talk with a lot of people like yourself and other like like friends and family of CFL players living in the states. They love the game. Yeah, they're excited to watch their their brother or their son or whomever playing. But at the same time, like they're still watching competitive football and they're loving yep. every second of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's ironically, it's Canadians who hate on the CFL, and I yeah. can't. There, there's uh, no logical reason why. Yeah, it's funny. I it was a it was a was a our good our friend Rod Peterson always says there's more there's probably more fans of CFL and the CF of the CFL in the United States than there are in Canada. I he could be right. I'm a, I'm a fan myself. I, I I came for Doug Flutie. I stayed for Anthony Calvillo and and then some. You know, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of the league. Cause I'm I'm only a couple hours away from the border myself. I can go to a game. Well, now that the borders are open, we can go. I can go to a game at eight you know, during the season, which is great. 
Yeah, and I, I talked to lots of there's lots of Alouettes fans that are in like the the Northeast and yep. will make will have have made the trek in the past and want to make the trek again to Montreal to back go back to Percival Molson Stadium and see the yep. Alouettes play because they know it's fun, exciting football, or at least mm-hmm. it has potential to be that. It's now up to the CFL and it's all nine teams to realize their own potential and act on it and do what they can to grow this game. And by clinging to a lot of the ideals that they've had in the past in order to appease their older fans, you can't be thinking like that. You've got to be thinking towards the future. You can't be thinking about the fans that are in their sixties and seventies who have gone to the great cup for the past 30 years. I mean, that's all well and good, but those fans are going to die out eventually. Who's going to replace them. And right now there's, few and far between so like this is what you have to focus on is trying to attract players or attract uh, fans that are going to attach themselves to these players that are playing now and playing in the future and it starts at the college level like ncaa i think they've got to be trying to find ways to help promote and the cfl's got to promote that as well the fact that hey you remember so-and-so from clemson you remember so-and-so from the u do you remember so-and-so from notre dame guess what if you love them when they were playing for your, your university guess what they're playing in Calgary. They're playing in Ottawa. They're playing in right. Montreal. You got to check them out. And they're, they're, they're balling out here. And again, that's, that's how fans get excited. That's how they get hooked in, on these players. They get attached to them and then just build on that and just make them make, make people realize that, hey, this is a fun, exciting, competitive sport. And it, just grow the game from there. And this is something that I sincerely hope is the goal for the the Canadian football league in 2022 is to make themselves more relevant to Canada and to the world. All right, Cliff, my good buddy. Thanks for joining me on no credentials required. If they want, people want to find you, people want to find your podcast or any other material, let the people know at home where they can find you. Well, you can always find me on Twitter at Cliffy D. Uh, if you want to check out the Alouette's Flight Deck podcast, by all means, do so. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, myself and Tim Capper, we're, we're back in it. We're in season seven right now, and uh, we're excited to see where we can take this podcast now. Uh, you can check it out over at uh, www.alouette'sflightdeck.ca. You can download it on any major podcast platform. You can also find the show on YouTube as well. Uh, if you'd rather just read my thoughts on the Alouette's, you can certainly do so over at www.alsternative.com. I'm looking forward to getting back into the writing game and just, you know, as the season progresses, being able to share my thoughts, not just verbally on the podcast, but also in written form on the alternative. So it's, it's coming close. Like the the Canadian football season is coming up and despite everything that we talked about, like the good, bad, and the other, I'm still excited every May because I know the CFL draft is in May. I know the training camp starts in May. Everything starts in May. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know that that's the start of a good summer, knowing that I'm going to be able to go to Montreal, go, go into Montreal's personal Molson Stadium, be able to watch some Canadian football. And to me, like, all's right in the world. Because that leads into NCAA. That leads into NFL. And it just you're back in the cycle. You're back into football 100%. And you want to make that's, – that's the key to my heart. You want to make me happy? Let me know that I can watch football consistently from May – to the next February doesn't, doesn't take much folks. That's all it takes is just give me football. Give me all the football. I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks Cliff. We appreciate your time. All right. Thank you.
And again, I'd like to thank Cliff for being a part of the show this week. Again, again, check out his stuff, Alouette's Flight Deck Podcast, and also The Alternative, uh, where, again, he writes about the Montreal Alouettes. Before we close this week's episode, I just want to thank one of our friends at Godzilla Media, and that's Johnstone Supply in Troy. It's never too early to think about summer and air conditioning. Call right now for the preseason pricing on John Goodman Central Air Conditioners. Or if you're looking to go with the Fujitsu Mini Splits, they've got that too. The best quality products at unbeatable prices. And if you're a homeowner that's modeling your options and want to get hooked up with a local contractor that can figure out your family's needs, call Johnstone and they got you covered. And as always, they're the lowest prices on Milwaukee tools guaranteed. That's Johnstone Supply in Troy, 6th Avenue, or call them at 518-272-5922. Again, go to our social media channels for show updates, which will be on Twitter and Instagram at no creds req facebook.com forward slash no creds req and on youtube search no credentials required and again hit subscribe hit notifications thanks again for listening to this episode my name is ryan mccarthy i'm the host of no credentials required where you don't need a press pass to talk sports we'll talk to you again next time courtesy of Joseph McDade. Check him out and support his music at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required as a Belly Up Sports Podcast Network production in association with Godzilla Media. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment, bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 